December. You know what the fuck it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. I'm gonna be nice. Top of the morning to you, Brandon. Good morning, chap. Hello, Governor. Hope you're enjoying your tea and your biscuits. I'm not even gonna call you that two-syllable word. Cause I got love for you, Brandon. See, I didn't go there. Yeah. Um, so let me, let's start with. Uh, we also ha- don't have anything for Brandon today. We're not- you mean sports wise? Yeah. Well, he'll find something. No, let me, let me bring okay. it back. Okay. Let me bring it back. Um, so let me tell you how my week went. Uh, where were we last? Uh, we were in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Bridgeport, Connecticut. And then you got stuck. Yes, I was supposed to fly home from JFK to Los Angeles. Uh, first, I had to take the two-hour drive from Bridgeport to JFK. Then I got there. Was it a fucking cloud in the sky? <laughs> it looked beautiful. But I got there, and then I had about an hour and a half before uh, my flight was to take off. Really, two, two hours. Pardon me. Oh, boy, here we go. So I'm already four hours into... My journey home. Uh, beautiful uh, business class. I didn't have first, but I had business class, which is the same as first, but in first there's only like maybe two, four, six, six cubicles. In business, there's a lot more, but it don't matter. Uh, Shamizel, Shamazel, Hyphen Incorporated. Um, I like my seat. I get the menu. There's a choice between some salmon, some beef short ribeye, and I forget what the, some chicken dish. They, later they bring you Haagen-Dazs ice cream, which is my favorite brand. It is the Bentley of ice creams. You get a choice between fudge, uh, uh, strawberry, butterscotch topping, f- fucking nuts, which I don't put nuts in my ice cream. Uh, try, to keep my, I try to keep nuts out of my ice cream. Uh, and whipped cream. It's going to be beautiful. I'm ready. Come to find out, I guess there's a hurricane moving through the eastern seaboard. So we, we, we get in line to take off. Oh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, we're going to shut the engines down. This, and he says, this is going to take a while. Uh, so just relax. But as soon as we get clearance, we're out of here. Cut to two hours on the tarmac. Have it moved. Oh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've just been cleared. We're going to get in line, and we should be taking off shortly. Okay, half hour later. Yeah, it's your captain speaking again. Uh, the weather's just not doing what it's supposed to do. We shut the engines back off, uh, but as soon as we can get takeoff, we'll get takeoff. Cut to 
another hour. Ah, folks, we've been told we got to go back to the gate. Uh, you don't have to deboard the plane. You could stay here, but if you do deboard, take your uh, belongings with you and, and uh, check in at the gate, and then we'll be taking off. As soon as we pull up to the gate, that is kept. Big uh, flight's just been canceled. All the flights going to the West Coast, leaving out of the East, canceled. So now I got to go down to baggage, get my bag. That takes an hour because because of all the craziness, they can't get the bags right away. So then I'm going, you know what, man? It don't make sense for me to fly home, be there for a day or two, turn around, and then fly back out to Louisville. I was so frustrated. I went, you know, I'm going to just make a, a couple days of it. I'm, I'm from New York. I love New York. I stay in New York. Stay in the city. I end up, every hotel is sold out. Uh, where I wanted, I tried to even get hotels in Newark to stay near Newark Airport because my goal was going to be to fly out of Newark to get to Louisville, which I did. But I said, fuck it. Let me stay near the fucking airport. All those hotels are sold out. I call Andy. Andy's trying to help me out. Sold out, sold out, sold out. Finally, I, I get a hotel, the Tempo. Uh, the Hilton by Tempo and the heartbeat of Times Square. I usually like to stay at the Sheraton. That's my spot. Sold out. $625 a night. I'm there for four nights. $2,500. I'm like, what the fuck? But I'm so frustrated. Just want to get the fuck out of there. Between trying to get a cab, took an hour. Ubers, it was just a mess. So I'm in New York for four nights. Uh, I really didn't do much, but Stay in my room, eat raised pizza, and go to sleep. But I'm in this $625 a night room, which is all windows. First of all, you walk in, it's just a bed and a bathroom, like a fucking closet. It's closet room. But the allure is these windows, which is a whole wall. And you push the button, and the drapes come down electronically. I'm on the 28th, 29th floor. I sleep naked. I turn over one night. And for, first of all, from where I'm staying, I'm the lights, it's like are beaming from Times Square. At night, with no light in my room, the lights are lighting up my room. So if I really want to sleep, I got to put the drape down. But I had to drape up till I was ready to go to sleep. I turn and look, and here comes the fucking, what do they call that? The window cleaners. The window cleaners. Three dudes is in the fucking thing. I'm butt naked, <laughs> scrambling for sheets and pillows. Like a fucking uh, whatever, man. And I'm hoping these dudes can't see in the window. By the time I look over, they're more than, than halfway, like, in the middle of my window. And I'm like, these niggas going to be like, yo, Ari Spears butt naked <laughs> in the room, yo. TMZ. TMZ, dick ain't hard. You know what I mean? Dick look like a turtle head, nigga. Oh. So long story short, even though that was long, uh, four days go by. I was also concerned how I'm going to get my clothes washed. Andy helped me out, pointed me out to some place. And that's what's great about New York. Whatever you need is there. So I find some place that can do my laundry, fold my shit. So I got fresh, clean clothes. To I love those places, though. Yeah, that's part of the allure to New York. I mean, I mean, <clears throat> what blows me away is it's, I'm looking out the window. Dude, it's 12 p.m. This, the streets are just as busy in the Times Square area as during the day. And I'm so... West Coast bound now. I'm like, you niggas don't go to bed. It was anarchy. 
Dude, I love that though when you drop your clothes off and it's by the pound. So you just drop off your clothes. Yeah. They wash them, they fold them, and they charge you by the pound how much yeah. it was. And I, I think that's like, that's one of the greatest things just to go pick, drop them off, pick up your clothes. They're clean, they're washed. You, you take them back to your. I love when I don't have to do nothing. That's New York, man. You don't have to do. If you, you don't have, have to do a goddamn if thing. You can afford it. There's nothing you have to do in New York. I and as I was leaving, I noticed and I told you, you know how they have on the back of the door the prices for yeah. rooms. It said for suites, ranging from three hundred and ninety nine dollars to nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars. What the fuck, man? Who who? And I stayed for four nights. So if I did that, let's just round it off. Ten grand. That's 40 grand for four nights. Who the fuck is doing that? 40 grand isn't a lot to some people. Apparently. I mean, if you came in. It's not a lot to me, but I want it. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't spend it. I, I don't understand how someone could spend that just to sleep in a room. Right. That room has no value. Get a house. Yeah. And I said to you, that's probably like some dude who's coming from Arabia who just wants to splurge. It's his first time in New York, and he wants to show how big his balls are. If you're, if you're in the town and you're doing some shows and, and, and you're making a million dollars a night, what's $10,000? Right. Right. So, I mean, it's just it's in what you make. Everything in life is about you, where you stand. I mean... If you never had real problems in life, a little <clears throat> problem is going to seem like a big problem. You've had big problems. Right. Medium problems are going to seem like a big problem. Same with money, man. If, if, if you don't have any money, <laughs> a little bit of money is a lot. <laughs> if you have a lot of money, I mean a lot of money, then a lot of money ain't a lot. Yeah, that just was one of those goddamn moments. Like, goddamn. You know, and, it, and those rooms, it's funny because those are rooms that are full. I mean, when it gets busy, those rooms get all booked up. I don't understand. I, I, I don't, because I don't, I can't comprehend spending that kind of money. I, when I go on vacation and I look for hotels, I don't stay at the nicest hotel. I can't afford, I, I know there's nice memories from a hotel, but I want to go see the city that I'm in, or I want to go do some of the act, activities that the city offers. If you had $50 million, you still wouldn't do that? Probably not. See, that's good ethics. Probably not, because I, I don't I don't know what you I, I don't. You feel like you, you, what am I getting for that? Yeah, if they're gonna come, what are they gonna polish your balls? They come in. <laughs> the window cleaners should do that. Yeah, but but I don't need my balls polished. The window cleaners should come down, knock on your window. <laughs> they should be able to fucking have a window that opens, and you just sit there on the fucking umpteen floor with your nuts out the window, and they clean them with the squeegee and the squish squish whatever's. Yeah, I just don't. I, I can't. You know, we stay at pretty nice places. And thanks to Aries, we stay at nice places. And, you know, when you stay at a Westin or some of the nicer hotels and they have the nice beds, yeah. what, what are they going to do that's going to make that bed better? When you sleep in that, when I lay down in that bed, the bed's comfortable, the sheet's comfortable, everything's comfortable, and I go to sleep. What, are they going to put some more interior, make the room a little better? It doesn't change the way I know this sleep. is us being funny and immature. <laughs> but, to, to, but really, to validate what you're saying, for that kind of money, make a bed that has a glory hole in it. <laughs> so you could just turn and lay on your stomach while your dick is through the hole and you don't know who's doing it, but it feels good. Yeah. I, I you know you, what you want to know. Who's doing it. I don't think that you could actually stick your dick in the hole and not imagine all the kind of craziness that could be going on on the other side of that hole. Right. I, I couldn't do it. Right. Because uh, I, I love when uh, I forgot what movie it is, but the guy sticks his dick in the hole and 
He goes, it's a woman, right? And the guy looks at him, at the guy saying, it's a woman, right? And he's like, yeah. And then he walks out of the room. And the other guy looks at him, is it a woman? And he goes, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. That's just a little, uh, a little appetizer uh, as we cut to the main course. I don't know if we'll get to the biz marquee, but uh, this movie Andy recommended that I wanted to see. I just forgot it, it left my. Uh... Someone else recommended it to me too. They kept they hit me up a couple times, and I'm not exactly sure who it was. So I'm not going to say who it was, but a, a few and it's not just one person. A few people said, right. "Hey, we need to check this out because it's right up." Well, I had wanted to see it once I saw the previews. Anyway, yeah, I just forgot about it completely, and then once you reminded me what it was, I went, "Oh yeah, I wanted to see." Yeah, it. it's right up your alley anyway with this. Uh, Champions with Woody Harrelson. Uh, long story short, uh, he gets fired from, was it D-League he was coaching? Or what was like? It wasn't an NBA. J, I think he said J-League. J-League as a basketball coach. And because he got hit with a drunk driving charge, rather than go to jail, he's ordered to do 90 days teaching retarded kids uh, to play basketball. Special needs. Well, this, we're going to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to help you out. Though. I got you. Um, first of all, I really wish, I don't know what happened to Wesley. But I really wish we had got more of the Wesley-Woody combination outside of Money Train and White Men Can't Jump. Those two just had good comedic chemistry. I don't. I know that has nothing to really do with what we're talking about, but just it hit me off the top. Like, uh, you know, going to what you're saying, I'm going to say something different, and this is uh, it's just me. Uh, and, and, and I just noticed it. Woody Harrelson does not look like the Woody Harrelson anymore. Well, he's white. He's, no, but it's not just that. It's he's. He he lost his hair. His teeth look funny when he smiles. And but he's always had that kind of a weird look. But he was still people thought he was still there was something about him that was appealing. White ageism, dog. Well, but my thing is, is this is this would be the worst thing. I would rather. I think it must be hard for some people to see themselves younger and watch them disintegrate. Listen, as I watch people disintegrate, I go, I'm not looking forward to this. It, it, it's it, it's so horrible. But it has to hurt a little bit when you see. Absolutely. So I, I just think that, that I, I'd rather, you know, I, I've, I've been fortunate enough that I look like this my whole life. Right. I mean, I was younger, but I still, I was never like the good looking guy. Right. Out of the friends. But when you could be, if you're the good looking guy out of all your friends and then your age gets you, <laughs> that has to be that's, the worst. That's why I so badly want to put myself in a position where I can be $20,000 a night hotel guy. Because <laughs> if I'm going to age and it's going to fall apart and get horrible, let me do it with money. Just let me do it with money. Whatever it is, it doesn't change, though. The, the, you, 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 your face has changed so much. And right. Woody Harrelson's face has changed a lot. Not that, and I'm not going to make it just about that because, right. it, because there's, there's also the talent level that he possesses, and he's a funny, you know, he's a good guy. He was able to do a little drama, a little comedy. You know, he's a, he yeah. was an actor. So His sustainability is, is, is a hat tip. Yeah. And, From and, TV to movies to still doing movies. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, he he's an advocate for weed. He has a lot of things that I appreciate about right. him. So, right. yeah, uh, but I, I just say not not trying to single him out in this, just as a, on a personal level. I would hate to see myself in my 20s being that guy that's on TV and everybody and then being. Yeah, but if you're in your 20s and you've been in the game to your 50s. That's it. That's still. Yeah. Trust me. I, I just think that's a. That softer cushion for that blow. Okay, yeah. Because some people aren't on TV. Yes. Or aren't on movies. Right. So they don't have to watch themselves disintegrate on TV. They or can they home. can watch themselves disintegrate, but ain't got nothing to try to at least boost them up a little bit. Yeah, I got what you're saying. Yeah. Um, 
Dude, why is it that whenever they put athletes in movies to act, they overact, trying to act. And I just go, just do what you normally do when the camera's in front of you. Be yourself. That's why you're in the movie playing yourself. Like, I'm talking, I'm talking about like, Jalen, when he was on the I, Scott I knew Van that, Pelt show. I knew you were going to say it, too. But I, I just say so many athletes, when you put them in movies, they're doing too much to prove or try to act when it's like, dude, you're used to cameras being in front of you. And nine times out of ten, you're playing a role where you're playing yourself, the athlete. So just be yourself. So just do what you would do if you were yeah, on the Scott. Stop it, trying to it, act. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, I love Jalen. Jalen's my guy. But I'm just like, dude, you could always see it. When athletes are in movies, they're just never natural. Well, I think that this movie, because of the actors that are in this movie, there's a lot of overacting. I think Woody Woody Harrelson overacted in a certain parts in this. Uh, not, I don't want to say the over. It's just the complimentary cast that you're working with, and maybe it's because he is an actor. It just looks different than the other people. Yeah, I don't them. get that. I didn't get that sense I, at all. I, I did. I got that from really few, few, a few scenes. Yeah. Okay. Um, when he gets uh. Busted for the for the drunk driving. He's in the court and he goes, Judge, she goes, Your Honor. I just maybe you know something I don't. Why do we have to treat judges like they're gods? <laughs> because at that moment they're your God. Because they're making decisions based on on how they feel about you. I mean, they're they're gonna make a decision based on for your for your longevity. They're gonna make a decision. So yeah, you have to treat them as a as a higher up. They're making a decision on your life. That's a god complex though, isn't it? A little bit, but I mean, they they're responsible for what's gonna happen to you next. You don't think that you look at that person as a little bit higher up on the rung? Yeah, I'm just saying, like you know, shit come out your robe the same way it do out my jeans. Yeah. But their shit can make a decision on how your shit, where your shit's gonna be placed for them to <laughs> <should> go. <laughs> but I really like the scene that he gets in that he gets in this accident first of all, because when he's driving down the roads and he, and I love how they set this up, and this is really the truth on how life really is. Right. He's driving and he sees these kids getting fucked up by the police, and yeah. he just starts laughing. Oh, like they're they, and he's not paying attention. He had a few drinks, and then he runs into another, runs to the back the of the police car. Group. Yeah. And yeah, maybe it is a little cliche, maybe the idea of it, but isn't that how life really does work though? You're laughing at someone's misfortune and your misfortune's right around the corner. Which becomes their fortune. Right. Right. So it was just kind of funny. I like how it was set up because it really, it, it reminds <clears throat> me of life. You're laughing because you think, ah, and then God has a way of reminding you. Oh, no, no, you're here too. Right. So I, 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 I'm watching this movie and I text my manager and I go, so I can't do my McDonald's joke, but Woody can do a whole movie on retarded people. And so let me share with you <laughs> the back and forth a little bit between he and I. Uh, and this is why your manager probably doesn't like you to do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right here. He goes, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I go. Uh, so I'm watching this movie with Woody Harrelson called Champion. So I can't do my McDonald's joke, but Woody Harrelson can do a whole movie where he coaches a basketball basketball team full of retards. But let me guess, I'm not Woody Harrelson. He goes, it's not his point of view as a person. He's playing a character on a film to which I said, and I'm a comic on stage. What's the difference? It's an act. And then he goes, I know, but they, he puts in parentheses, I know that. But they, he puts in parentheses, don't. 
and this is the last part. I go, who's they? The court of Twitter haters. And I'm just going, so that's who, my career is in the hands yes. of Twitter haters. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's a minority of people who take the time to make their voices heard. That's really what it is that you're fighting against. And that's what Twitter and all the other uh, uh, social media forms. Incidentally, I got the same shirt, but in white now. Go ahead. <laughs> but that's what we're fighting. We're fighting not the majority. We're fighting the minority, the vocal minority that take their time to be heard. And this is why this is so different. And this is why people don't understand how to deal with this. They're, they're working off emotion. They're making it. They're making emotional arguments that other people can't say. But that's not right because emotionally, it can emotionally it is correct. But the argument, our our arguments aren't emotional. They shouldn't be emotional. As soon as we take them emotional, they're they're not a winnable argument anymore. There's precedence. There's legal. There's legal precedence that make certain things the way that they are. There's certain things that we can't control. Speech is one of them. But they make it an emotional argument. Once you go emotional, how do you how do you argue with someone? They're right. Emotionally, you're right. But emotionally, you can't govern, you can't make rules based on emotion. Because there's two sides to emotions, too. Uh, this is gonna be incredible. And I, I I've been talking about it a lot more. I talked a lot about it this weekend. We're getting so twisted by these arguments on the outside of our homes that we don't even know when we're supposed to laugh and what we're not supposed to laugh. And who, is it okay to laugh at? But then this brings me to my next point. When you say we don't know what we're supposed... It, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a gut. Yeah, we, It's a reaction. It's an instinct. It's like sneezing. You can't control it. When it happens, it happens naturally, and you're supposed to go through the mechanics of that natural feeling. But we're being taught that our gut is wrong. And I'm oh, that's bullshit. Dude, how many times have you been on stage? And I watch it a lot in my set where people, because they don't know me and they don't know what I'm doing, and I see them start to laugh and then cover up their mouth and just sit there like, like that. Or oh, I heard a, a few people f with you. Oh, my God. Yeah. But they're it, it, it is a twist. I'm watching people try not to laugh because they don't want to be judged. And this is where we're at. Your, your gut instinct isn't funny anymore. And yet we laugh at the wrong things a lot of well, times. When you say the wrong things, what's deemed wrong? Okay, and I, I talk about this on stage. I laugh at funerals a lot. But I don't go, like I say on stage, I don't go to, I don't, I don't go to funerals with people I didn't fuck with, that I didn't love, that I don't have feelings for. So when I'm there and I'm laughing, someone might say something that sparks a, a, a memory that I have with that person or something that was beautiful about that person, and I'll laugh. And people are like, what is that? Why are you laugh? How can you laugh at this very, you know, heartfelt, emotional moment? And laughter is our way of dealing with things a lot of times. And to have a, a, an honest, beautiful memory of someone where you laugh because that person that you actually love and care for brought you some emotional uh, level that made you made your gut react in a way that you laugh because you realize the beauty and the wonder of that person. That is the right emotion to have, but we have been we have been taught that that is not appropriate to do at a funeral. So we try to hold that back. Now, it's not at a funeral anymore. Now it's everywhere. Now it's when you're walking down the street. Now when you see something that's funny, you can't laugh at it. And let that shit loose, nigga. We're, Listen, I remember, uh, and I and I'm, I'm I don't know remember the complete context of the joke. I remember Louis C.K. basically said, and, and I'm reiterating here. 
where he was like, when you see a over-the-top, flamboyantly wild gay person, that's funny. That's just funny. And I and I and I wrote, you know, why do we deny what we know to be our true feelings? It's almost an insult to ourselves. Listen, man, flamboyant homosexuals and retarded people are just funny. It's funny. It's something funny about that. But what we've never seen is a retarded, flamboyant homosexual. Now, if we saw that, that's not funny. Billy Porter, very godmother, is this extremely like, or take Magic Johnson's son, EJ. Some of that is just visually funny, dude. Some of those antics. Now, again, and this will allude to a quiz or a joke I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you. But in the movie, again, and what what here's what pisses me off is because, like you say, I'm finding myself going, eh, eh. but when I'm watching this movie, which is a comedy, and I don't know if these people were well, based on some of the facial expressions, I would imagine they were real, you know. Challenge. Challenge people. See, I fuck that retarded people. But you can't use that. Who says? No, but there's a good reason not to use it, and there's a good reason to I use, use niggas, I use bitches, so why are they exempt? Because some people are challenged and some people are retarded. Retarded actually means it's to cease to move forward, to retard. When you're talking about, they talk about like putting out a fire, they use retardant. It, it stops it from growth is what it means. The definition of retarded is to stop it from growing. And some people are... Uh, to, to use that term would be correct. Yeah, their, their growth has stopped and they can no longer move forward in their mental growth. That would be someone that technically the word retarded is correct. But a lot of people are challenged where they have disabilities that don't, they can still continue to grow and they can uh, uh, develop, but they're not at the same rate or because of some other challenges like autism is a place that you continue to grow. You just you just have some other challenges. So, so if these challenged people are in this movie, and a comedy where they're laughing at themselves and laughing at their predicaments. We're not, aren't we, aren't we in on this with them? Especially if you're laughing with them. I, the, I, I think the part that gets confusing is when is laughter with them and when is it at them? And sometimes the at them is, and I'm going to go further in why we laugh. Sometimes laughter is a coping mechanism. And sometimes you laugh at someone because you're trying to cope with the, the feelings that you have about maybe yourself, maybe a family member, maybe what they're dealing with, and you don't know how to articulate that properly to your own self. So a coping a laughter is part of coping mechanisms. And sometimes we laugh. And we're being made to feel like uh, that we're horrible, horrible people. And sometimes it's the only way to get through a certain situation. What you brought up, what you brought up, you said, and, and you were mean and funny, but... Uh, a, a homosexual uh, person that's challenged. If Billy Porter was retarded and flamboyantly gay, that's not hilarious. It, you and you might even you might you can say it however you want, but if you were uncomfortable with it, you may laugh at it because it's part of your coping mechanism. Me, and, uh, I may laugh at it. Uh, not you necessarily. You, any person, right. might laugh at it, but that would be a coping mechanism so that you would not go, "Oh my God, what do I do?" Sometimes you laugh because you don't even know how to. I, I, I almost got. I was riding my motorcycle and I almost got hit. I, I, I and it was very close. Like I, almost, my, my rear tire slid underneath their car because of the way that they pulled out. <laughs> And when I got past him, I went around him and I pulled, I went up to the, through the light and I pulled over to this little, uh, 
office building or whatever. And I sat there and I laughed for a good three, four minutes because it was part of the coping. I almost died. And to cope with that, I laughed about the whole thing, looking at the lady's face when she pulled out. Okay, so you didn't deny yourself your natural gut instinct. Because it's part of a coping mechanism. And this is what people don't want to deal with. They want us to be good people. We're going to get, we're going to become worse people because of this, but go. So let me ask you for the record. If you saw a wildly flamboyant, gay, retarded man off the cuff, you know, that's not funny to you. Here, I'm going to take it to a different place with you. If you were in the jungle. Why I got to be in the jungle? Let's be in the jungle. And and let's go to the, I'll I'll even take you further. Let's go. Take me to the suburbs. No, I'm going to take you to the jungle in Africa, even. Let's in Africa. Let me borrow my fist. And, 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 And you were on a safari. Okay. And out of the woods, you saw these lions come running out of the woods, and they ran, and they roar. And then after they, after a good 20, 30 feet went by, another lion walked out a little slower, but had like a little, some movement. A little, some zest in his walk. In his walk. And it threw its little hips. And it, it, when the other ones were roaring in this beast-like roar. Movement. This wow. one went, roar. 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 You wouldn't laugh? And it's yes. a lion. Because this yes. is what we do when things seem out of place. Yes. Yes, man. Um, and then I was going to ask you, so when they reveal the, I, I think her name was Constantina. Oh, yeah. The movie. The female. Constantine, they say, though. Con- right. The one female basketball player on the team. And she's off the injured list, and they're all waiting at the bus stop. And they show her, and of course they have the song, She's a bad mama jamma. And she's feisty. She, she talks shit. She gives it back to Woody. She, she calls players out. The fact that she's a little... I, I she has Down syndrome. Right. I, and I don't want to use the word cunty, but she's a little bitchy. Yeah, she has a little, like... Yeah. She has a little... Is, is that what makes it okay to laugh at her? Yeah, because now she's punching... It's it's not about laughing at someone who you're punching down. You, she, right. The joke is about her being a badass. Right. So it's it's not a it's not a downward punch. And listen, it's great when we can make things work out ideally where that's, that's a punch... That's not punching down, that's a punch up. <clears throat> and we're right. laughing at someone who, although she has her challenges, she's a bad bitch. Right? Right. So it's, but she has to be that in order for for that to work, right? So, uh, but we don't always have those ideal situations in life. But that is that is an that's well written, well done to to make the point. And she's great; she's great at it. And I love when she says, "I, I have Down syndrome. I'm not, not deaf." Right when the guy when the co- when the assistant to Woody was coaching her, and he's yelling what he, he's saying. Yeah, she's like, "I have Down syndrome. I'm not deaf." Yeah. So there's no there's no punching down in these things, and this this is why it's even funnier. But yeah, you could take a cheap shot, but when you when you actually put some effort into it, and and this would would this would be great if people were to be called out for not for being lazy and not putting effort into their writing, that would be okay if we were trying. And, and it, it still wouldn't be okay to cancel someone, but it would be okay to me uh, to call someone out for that. But we're not even doing that. We're just like trying to just get rid of everybody. This movie didn't get do the business it should have because... And, you know, I was wondering, did it? I don't think it did. And I don't think it did for that reason. And I think this is, these are taboo kind of storylines. This is fucking insane. And it was a funny movie. It was. And there was some heart to it. 
Yeah, but it, every, every but every step of the way, it, myself included, because of where we live, I questioned every little thought, every little piece of this movie along the way. I and didn't see, get to enjoy it, it, it for what it was. And, and that defeats, that's my point about we're doing a disservice to ourselves. Part of the whole reason for movies is escapism. To take that hour and a half, two hours to go, I'm separating myself from the realities of the world and I'm going to allow this fantasy to allow me to let loose. But if you're going in there with the same ideals and principles and fears that you have already, then you can't enjoy it. And that's where they're forced, we're being forced to live. This is terrible. And that's what I'm, yeah. This is why the Spears and Steinberg podcast is what you want in your life. Because as I always say, we are liquor in the prohibition era. We know you want to drink. We know you want to get smashed and vomit all over yourself. Have sex, struggle sex where you can't get an erection because you got whiskey dick. <laughs> we know you want that. So we're giving it to you. Um, By the way, I did have a, a bourbon. One bourbon the whole time I've been here. In Kentucky. Uh, and it was fucking great. It was recommended by Not a bartender. Out, right? Yeah, I, I was out. One yeah. drink. It's amazing. If you don't drink anymore, if you drink less, one drink means a whole lot more. Mm. Took me right out. Um, why did the one kid have on the old 1940s football helmet to play basketball? I don't. He always had a. He always had some kind of hat on. But it seemed like that was that constant padded helmet from the 1940s he, when football. Oh, I, I might be fucking up to date. Whenever football first started. Yeah. And they used to wear those leather helmets. I don't know, but that wasn't made out of leather, number one. Number two, the color of it made him look more like Mushmouth from... Uh, <laughs> from you know, a fat hour. Yeah. Uh, but he always had something on his head. And, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what his particular uh, struggle was, but a lot of kids, like, will get attached to something and they'll wear it. Mm. That's just their thing. So... Um, for those of you who watch this podcast, you will enjoy, or maybe not enjoy... This pop quiz I'm about to share with Andy. For those of you who listen, unfortunately, you won't be able to see it. But then maybe Andy or I will describe what happened. I have a quiz for you, Andy. If you have a starting five on a basketball team of all retarded players, basically, what do you have? I don't know. You have five Michael Jordans. Uh, I crossed my eyes and I stuck my tongue out. And, and dribbled. And dribbled. Kind of. Five Michael Jordans. Uh, it looked like Brandon from the UK. Cocksucker! Damn, I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> Every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. God damn it, that was Andy's fault. I was trying to keep it nice and keep it about the crumpets and the tea. And this nigga, damn, I fell for it. Um... I love that the best, I don't know if I should have been proud of this or insulted by it. I love that the best player on the team was the retarded black guy. But he's not retarded. What is he? He had a traumatic brain injury, so his brain is is not functioning the way that it was supposed to because he got in a car accident, which is fucking a great... Uh, was that the whole drunk driving thing? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. And that's what was so great about this movie is actually... That they talked about it, and this this kid who has he's playing he's he's picked to go play college ball. He's already right. been uh, he's already been evaluated. There's people that were wanting to recruit him uh -huh. uh, for college, 
and he gets in a, in a car accident by a drunk driver. And Woody is assigned to this team because he was he got in trouble for drunk, drunk driving. Drunk. Yeah. And so that kid wants to have nothing to do with him. Hey, he's the best player by far over all the other players. He's the only one who really plays fast. Black, yo. And uh, he has a high top fade. And uh, <laughs> this is how we do it. <laughs> and he he doesn't want to have anything to do with him because he that it, it, he took it personally of what, what the reason why Woody's there and why he's in trouble. So he right. won't p- play for him. So I think that that being part of the story makes this an excellent story. But right. again, uh, this movie didn't get the traction. I don't know why I missed that. Jesus. So that, yeah, that's why he doesn't want to play for him. Um, and his co- and, and Woody's, uh, coach that he got in a fight with in the very beginning. Ernie Hudson. Like, yeah. Uh, who, you know what? I'm going to tell you, because I said that about Woody Harrelson looking older. Right. Ernie Hudson looks as good today as he did on, uh, back in, uh, what, 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 uh, Ghostbusters. Black don't crack. No, but he has the good hair. Yes. Nigga. He, he looked, no, I'm not. Uh, Even Morgan Freeman, who's been old uh, no, since No, come birth. on, man. Come on. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Because he started off looking like Morgan Freeman. Right. But but even as now look, he's old old now like like he's, you know, upper room might be. But he still he looked like 50 when he was on the electric company. So of course he didn't he look looked like he 60 aged. when he was 16. <laughs> okay, yes. that's what I'm saying. Right. All right. But N- name for y'all listening, name some black folks who you think in older age look bad, fell apart. Fell apart. Even Cicely Tyson, or as old as she was, to be that old, still, you know, 90-year-old black don't look like 90-year-old white. <laughs> okay, back to back, okay. back to the movie. But that's the person uh, who lets Woody Harrelson in on the fact right. of what his situation was, and that's how Woody knows to go to the house. And, right. and, and that's just because there was also... Someone in this movie. There's a lot of little storylines in this movie. Uh, I'll tell you a couple of them. And this is like Woody is only focused on basketball and has no personal contact. And, and that was his big problem with his players right. and with him being a coach. I also like the storyline uh, with Woody Allen and the Woody the, Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Sorry, sir. Woody Harrelson. It's a different movie. Oh, yeah, Woody Allen. Allen. yeah, it is a different movie. I, I, I need you. I need you. I need you guys uh, uh, on the pick and roll. I need you to roll. Yeah. Not 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 a roll as in the, like a roll in a Jewish bakery or, or, or a roll in, in, in what you might call a play or a performance, but a roll, meaning that you move while the other guy is stagnant. Not stagnant as in a statue, but rather stagnant is you, you have a pulse and a heartbeat, but you're like my wife during sex and missionary. You're stagnant. I know you're living and you're breathing, but you're not really there. I don't think that they're going to let Woody do a movie with kids right now at this point in his career. <laughs> uh, so um, I, I like that the, the, the uh, Woody Harrelson's uh, the woman that he's having sex the, with sex the affair with is is not of a twenty two year old age either. So they and they made that part of the the movie. And so right. there's a lot of very interesting parts in this movie. Uh, I thought we're we're done. That we're different than a normal. Keep your thought. I just got to grab a movie. towel. Uh, already. Yeah, just look, look at this. Um, so that that I thought was interesting that they didn't play to the normal Hollywood norms that they expanded, and this movie still didn't get any traction. 
Yeah, I thought I thought it should have got something. A little and, something. And, you know, before, before it's not the greatest movie. Let let me say that though, as I'm saying this, but it, it broke stereotypes, and that's what I liked about it. And it got nothing. Well, the movie the movie that existed before this, it was kind of like that. I don't know if you remember, is the movie with Johnny Knoxville. Knoxville. Yeah, when he was like with some Special Olympics. But Johnny, kids. yeah, but Johnny Knoxville's movie, there is a little bit of punching down in it because he's trying to take advantage of the fact that he, he can be successful uh, amongst these uh, cha- the challenged community. This feels like the kind of movie where they're still trying to figure out how do we crack the code. Maybe. They've done it twice, and people, like you said, it's taboo, so I think people are nervous, but I think that if they keep doing it, eventually they'll crack the code and make a movie that does well, create some, some noise. Well, I thought it was heartfelt. The... the, the uh... I'm not going to remember anybody's names, and we all know why I'm not going to remember names. I just don't. Sure, we tied it. That's it. Uh, the uh, the one the Woody Harrelson's love interest, the her brother. He's the one that. Oh, I don't remember the name either. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that wants to move to a home, but the the attachment, and I thought this was a genius part of the movie too. The attachment wasn't his to being at home. The attachment was the sister and the mother because they were all living for him basically. Yeah. And so that was another interesting storyline. There was like eight storylines in this movie. Uh, I And again, at the end, I didn't like the ending so much because they have to wrap them all up at the end of an hour. Well, see, now here's what I was going to ask you, though. And before I get to the ending, uh, I can't remember if you brought this up just on your own, but I, when I watched this movie and I saw the moment and I said, I wonder if I say this to Andy, would he get upset? And I'm going, well, the comedian in him shouldn't. And, and if I know Andy the way I think I do, no, he wouldn't. But I still was like, Ugh. I was like, one of these kids in this movie reminds me of your son. Which one, though? I've been trying to figure this out. Showtime. Oh, the one who throws the ball behind. Backwards. Yeah, you know. The afro and the beard. Yeah. I, dude, that's true. No, I could see true and, and doing the big balls thing. But here's the thing that isn't about true. Uh, Showtime didn't care about making the shot. He just liked to turn around and shoot that shot. Right. True. And because of his brother, I think they're very competitive in nature. Yeah. True has to be able to make the basket. Right. And not even, not even how the movie ended. And we won't go into the movie ending because I would like people to see this because a lot of people didn't see it. And I think it would be, it's, it's on prime. It's an easy watch. And uh, I think you guys should check it out. But here, uh, True would get mad if he couldn't make it. I I came home one time. This is when True was really, this was when he was much uh, younger. And Max is getting really good at playing video games. And uh, Max is really good at it. But True, because uh, of where he was uh, in his stage in autism, he didn't have uh, great uh, dexterity in his hands. And I saw how upset he was getting. And he goes, I just can't beat him. And it was just making him feel like he, he never stood a chance. And I found this other game, and it was for younger kids. And it had a different kind of controller and really helped. And I got that for true. It only had like 10 games. But Max actually liked the games on it too. There was a right. Scooby-Doo game on there that Max really liked. So they started playing it. And True started playing it. And he really improved his dexterity. Max can't beat I mean, some games he does win. But True really can play video games now. The True yeah. plays video games. And he plays it. When he gets a new video game, he wants to beat the game. He wants to get to the end of the game. He wants right. to. Uh, so that's True's competitive nature. So True isn't <laughs> that. But at the end of this movie... Uh, there's a part where uh, Woody realizes what it is to be a champion, and that's what the the name of the movie is. Well, before we, get and to, I don't want to get all the way to the end. Right, but but, no, saying. no. But this is my last note. But but before we get to that, 
okay, they're at the they're at the tournament. This is the big game, and I'm like, I love how they did the callback to the moment where they need to score to win, and Woody's drawing up the play for the best player on the team, yeah. the black dude, and his assistant is telling him, "Don't do that because you got to use him as a decoy. He's the hottest guy on the team. Everybody's gonna be quadruple teaming him." And Woody's basically telling him what he told Ernie Hudson in the beginning, which is, shut up, this is my team. Yeah. And then Woody realizes he's making the same mistake that his coach was making, and he decides to listen to his assistant. Now, okay, that's a great realization moment. That's a great character arc for Woody. But then I'm going, all right, how's this going to end? Are they going to do the everything works out perfect? They, they score the winning basket. They win the big game. And then I thought they were going they were going to do that when he goes, all right, I'm going to listen to my assistant and draw up the play for the other kid who was having a hard time doing the pick and roll. So he goes, you're going to be open when you roll, make the layup. Of course, they give him the ball. He has, he has a wide open layup. But then he kicks out to Showtime. Because Showtime yells, I'm open. I'm open. So now I'm going, you know what? This They are going to wrap this up with a cute little... We win, but I don't mind because now this is a great callback. This is the hero moment where he couldn't make the shot. He's going to make the shot, but then they give you what you didn't expect, which made you go, I respect this. Yeah. No, he missed it. He, they lost. But he hit the rim. It hit the rim. And Woody was upset at first going, what are you guys celebrating? We lost. But then, like you said, he realizes what being a champion is. So they kind of took you through this roller coaster of... Where are we going to go? You thought you knew, but you didn't know. So I didn't know how to feel about that ending. Did you want to see them win? Or were you happy with, he realizes that the real champion is? I, I think I had, I, I had a lot of emotions when I saw that movie at the end. Uh, of course, you want them to understand the importance of winning. And this is where some of this gets a little convoluted toward to me because like I just said you when I when I was trying to explain the definition of retarded and why not everybody on that even though I think the definition of retarded actually makes sense if you really uh take it without its uh without its the, the negative connotations that were put on it the, the definition of it makes sense but not all those kids uh qualify under that that umbrella of what that would be right. And so I think some of those kids would understand winning more than other kids. And that definition was a little bit weird mm -hmm. uh, for them just to go, well, we're all champions. I think some of the kids would have wanted to win because they had the opportunity and they saw him have the opportunity to win. But I also understand the other part because uh, the ki kids on a spectrum of, of uh, challenging disorders uh, or, or would be uh, more positive about the fact that everybody played that everybody gave it the best shot and they did the best they could and showtime was open and he took the shot and it's very important to the storyline showtime we find out never ever has ever even hit the rim and so they're all excited that he actually hit the rim for them that was a big moment it's a right. big game right so that's also important to the story uh, I think if you really break it down and I think the reason I had problems with it at first is because of my need to win, the, the, my definition of champion. We play the game to win. And I think the more that that is in you, the harder it is to see the, be the beauty of the movie. 
Right. And it took me a while to go, you know, that is actually because the moment when he comes running back up and he says, but, you know, it was to win, you know, don't you guys want to be champions? And he goes, but we are champions, coach. You already told us we were champions. And then Woody has to reflect. Harrelson. Harrelson. I don't know who Woody Halster is. Yeah. Well, had to reflect (laughs) on the going back and looking and seeing that he did say that they were all champions and what, why he was telling them they were champions and what it actually means to be a champion. Hosting, uh, hoisting, hoisting, hoisting a trophy does not necessarily make you a champ. We know a lot of people that have won championships, but they're not champions in life. Uh, And I think that that's what the movie was trying to get to. And uh, I, I, I think my own personal need to be, to win and to have that mental championship kept me from realizing what a nice ending that was. But then they took it to the next step where we know what's going to happen next. Uh, and that was the more... Well, is that realistic? He turns down the job from Seattle to, you know, in the well, NBA, which was his dream? See, I, I don't know, because even if they're using you, and this was the point, they were using him to cover up. I, and I love the line, though. They're using me as a fig leaf to cover up uh, the 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 dicks, basically. Right. It was, I, I think I, it's not a quote. It's close to what he said. Uh, and I love that part, and that's why he didn't want to go. But I think... Uh, if that's what you always wanted, you rise, you go, and you rise above what they're trying to do, and you put together the best team. Yeah, I just did. don't know that I thought that was realistic. But I think she still would have went with him. I think if you would have, they could have made it that way. He goes, and she comes to Seattle with him. Of course, that's that NBA money. Yeah, and then they, you know, they go back and forth, and they have time. Right. He's a, the 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 league, the. The season's only so many months. They had time to go back home. And it would have been a nice ending that way, too. But I think it was nice that they tried to make it, that he saw himself as better than that. Uh, then he grew past being an NBA coach. He just wanted to be a great coach. Right. And it didn't make a difference if he was coaching in the NBA or uh, coaching special needs kids. Uh, he was still a great coach, and that's that was the most important part. So all in all, I like the movie. I have some issues with it because of my own personal needs. Uh, but there's a lot of great moments in this movie, and there's a lot of great teaching moments, I think, for people to, if they watch this movie, and get out of the space that you can't have these kind of movies or that you can't talk about these things in an actual meaningful way and get something out of it. And laugh, because there's funny there's funny parts in this movie, very funny parts in this movie. Um they, they didn't ever address, you know, the only way that they really address people not having concern for people with special needs was the bus driver and the, when they're on the bus mm-hmm. and the mom doesn't like the singing of the one kid <laughs> and the bus driver gets mad. And it's funny because I had a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't on, we, we took a, bu- I rented a, when my, when my son was, I don't know how old he was. I forgot what age he was, but it was when the, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out. Not this, obviously, this one, but a one a while ago. Um, it was my son True's birthday, and I rented a party van and uh, took, I think, 13 or 14 kids from his class to go see the Ninja Turtles. Uh, and it was one of the greatest days ever. And we went there, and the kids, uh, I, I got them cupcakes because it was my son's birthday. What I should have done was got him cupcakes with no icing because uh, the sugar for a lot of these kids on the spectrum puts them in, it's like, it's like catnip or drugs for regular people. And they were swinging on the, all over the, uh, the bus. And then they finally got to, uh, 
to the movie theater and I got what whoever wanted popcorn, popcorn. I didn't want, I didn't get any sodas. They could have water. That was it because uh, I did get some notes from parents not to get them any sodas. Right. So uh, <laughs> they were all having whatever they had. And they were sitting there, but some of the kids would talk and say things during the movie. And there was, it went during the day. There was one guy with his fan, with his two other kids. And he was getting so mad and we weren't sitting next to him. We were behind him. We put, I put us in a, place far away and they were the only really the other people in the whole room and i think it was like a four o'clock or a three thirty show and he was getting so pissed and so i finally went over and i just said hey man i'm sorry this is the situation he goes i don't care i paid for a ticket and he went and i was like all right i'm pissed like but how do i do this and i got all these little kids watching me so right. i went up and i said to the management i go hey man i go i bought these tickets for these kids and this dude is losing his mind in there and I said, so if you can send someone in, because I think there could be a problem. Right. And he goes, with the kids? And I go, no, with me. <laughs> so, you know what you should have done? You should have, uh, at that moment, gave all the kids a bag of sugar to eat. So it, they yeah. could savagely beat the shit you know, out of No, And so, uh, anyway, so the guy, the, they, they just stand there and they watch the guy. And the guy just gives, and so then at the end of the movie, I had to gather up all the kids. And one of the kids was very offended by what had happened. And then he couldn't go in the movie. So me and him went and played some video games while the, the rest of the kids watched the movie. And yeah, we were being a little bit of a problem, but it wasn't, it was, I've been in movies where there's been more problems and the kids weren't of any kind of uh, uh, situation. And uh, so he was waiting for me out front when I got out there and he goes, Hey man, I just, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm, I'm just sorry. And I go, yeah, but you already ruined the experience for that other kid. So, you know, I, I appreciate your sorry. And I hope next time uh, you'll be wiser. Mm. and then uh i let it go i mean because i offered to buy him i offered to give him money so he go see it at a different time if, if i know that he paid his money and he came to see that movie but like i said these kids weren't being bad they were talking quiet they were talking but way back and he really i've been to movies where many people were talking much so at louder. no point you couldn't say to the kids shh yeah, I did tell them to be quiet. And they still didn't? They did, but these are kids that are on the spectrum, and right. something funny happens or something cool, they want to say something to the other kid. They're not thinking about it the same way. Right. And honestly, I'm telling you, it wasn't any louder than any other movie that I've been to, but since there was no other people in the movie besides my group and then his, him and his three kids that were with him, he was pissed. And I just said, hey, man, I, I, I apologize. I'm, I'm willing to buy you some tickets. Uh, I feel bad. I understand your situation. You know, I understand. Had you ever gone to a movie uh, in the middle of the day in the 80s in, Sp in Spanish Harlem? That's a problem. <laughs> you think them kids are loud? You're, 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 you're special needs kids. Go to the 80s back in the 80s, 80s Spanish yeah. Harlem during the day? Shit. Well, that's why I didn't think it was a big deal. And he, But he did try to apologize, and I semi-accepted his apology. And the other part was like, you know, you, you didn't have to be – because I, I told him that these are kids from right. a school uh, that are on the autism spectrum disorder. And right. he was like, I don't care who they are. And what I paid my – I said, I'll buy you some more tickets, man. And he's, he just didn't want to have it. And then I don't know if his kids made him feel bad or if he just felt bad, but he was right. sitting out there with his head down, and he, I knew that he felt bad. But I wasn't going to give him. I just, I just looked at him and go, you know, no, maybe next time he'll do better. But you know, whatever, right. and just kind of walked it off. But I didn't want to. I didn't want to really get into it with him. Right. So, uh, but I, do you recommend the movie for people to go check out? You know, I, you know, I'm never going to not say go. Don't go see a movie that could bring a chuckle out of you. Uh, oh, excuse me. But as you said. Um, 
it's we we have yet to crack the code for something like this. I think it should be balls out, nonstop gut wrenching laughter, and it's not. No, it's not. But there's a lot of messages in this movie. I, I think that they they did they handled it pretty well. This is also based off of a movie that I think was done in uh, the story. The original story I think was is British. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I I thought it was done all right. I, I'm not mad at it. I think you guys. I think people should go check it out. I think there's a uh, room. If you do check it out, send us a, send us a note to let us know what you think. Uh, it's not the best movie. I'm not saying it's the best movie. I'm saying it's a very interesting movie, and I think it's very interesting to see where we are today and what we're trying to, how we're trying to handle things. And it, like you said, we haven't cracked the code. People don't want to laugh at things that are uncomfortable, and that's where this is what laughter was for to get us through uncomfortable things. Laugh. That's that's the whole reason we laugh, and yeah. is to make fun of the uncomfortable, and, and why people are doing what they're doing today. I have no well, idea. Let, hopefully, let's take a little moment to try to have some funny fun. Uh, I told y'all I was going to take this seriously. I was going to do my homework. <clears throat> I think I've done my due diligence. Uh, and uh, our girl, Shamora, my Sherry and Moore, had a great suggestion when so many people were like, yo, we was digging the, uh, the Martin Luther King as Sam Jackson. And Shamora recommended not only do MLK as Sam Jackson, but MLK as Joe Pesci, as Nikki from Casino. Um, <clears throat> so I want to do this uh, to the people, obviously, who are going to be watching this on YouTube. Uh, you are going to get the raw, unedited version. Uh, but for Steve, and I already spoke to Steve uh, through the magic of Steve, uh, we're going to, for the people that listen to this, uh, and Steve, this is me talking to you now with the notes, and you and I discussed this. I'm going to read the part of MLK as Sam Jackson and Brett, the white guy from Pulp Fiction. And I'm going to read the part of uh, Nikki Joe Pesci as MLK and the part of De Niro in the desert scene. But when you get it, Steve, you'll edit it where you'll hear me as MLK a la Pesci and Sam, but you'll splice together the dialogue from De Niro and Brett, the white guy from Pulp Fiction so that it all flows like one seamless scene. So my voice is MLK Sam Jackson. My voice is MLK Nikki Joe Pesci, but the real De Niro and the real white guy from the scene. But the, the one, one thing I, I, I do want to do real quick, because it made me laugh just this one moment. Remember that moment in Casino when the guy told De Niro, take the pen and shove it up your ass, and fucking Pesci kills him by stabbing him in the neck with the pen. And Joe Pesci goes, hear that ace? Sounds like a little girl. You hear a little girl? What happened to the tough guy that told my friend to take this pen and shove it up his ass? So <clears throat> a picture that scene, and it's, do you hear that ace? I hear a little girl. Do you hear a little girl? What happened to the tough guy that told my friend take this pen and stuff it up his ass? So that, I just, that, that moment just got me. All right, but here we go. Um, this is the desert scene in Casino. Uh, with MLK. Meeting in the middle of the desert always made me nervous. It's a scary place. I knew about the holes in the desert, of course, and everywhere I looked, there could have been a hole. Normally, my prospects of coming back alive from a meeting with Nikki were 99 out of 100. But this time, when I heard him say, 
couple of hundred yards down the road, I gave myself 50-50. fuck do you get off talking to people behind my back? Going over my head. I don't even know what you're talking about, Nick. What people you didn't think I'd find out? No, you said I'm bringing heat on you. I gotta listen to people because of your fucking shit. You ordering me out? You better get your own fucking army, pal. I didn't do anything. I mean, I didn't order you or anybody. I only told Andy Stone that you had a lot of heat on you and that was a problem. You want me... To get out of my own fucking town. Yeah, I said, let, let the bullshit blow over for a while so I can run the casino. Anything goes wrong with the casino, it's my ass. It's not yours, it's my ass. I don't know if you know this or not, but you not only have your fucking casinos because I made that possible. I'm what counts out here, not your fucking country clubs or your fucking TV shows. And what the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? You know I get calls from everybody back home they think you went batshit crazy. Only on TV because I got to be able to hang around the casino. You understand. When you asked me if you could come out here, what did I tell you? I mean, you asked me, and I knew you were going to come out no matter what I said, but what did I tell you? Wait a minute. Back the fuck up a second. I asked you, when did I ask you when the fuck did I ever ask could I come out here? Get this through your head, you Jew. Motherfuck you. You only exist out here because of me. It's the only reason without me, you personally... Every fucking wise guy skill would go around and take a piece of your Jew ass. You've been fucking warned. Don't ever go over my head again. You Jew, motherfuck you. That's that. Okay. And now Sam Jackson in Pulp Fiction. This is after he shoots the guy on the couch. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? I didn't mean to do that, please. Continue. You were saying something about best intentions. Oh, what's the matter? Will you finish? Well, allow me to retort. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? What? What country are you from? What? What? What ain't it no country I ever heard of? Do they speak English? In what? What? English, motherfucker, do they speak it? Yes. Then you know what I'm saying. Yes. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. What? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. He's black. He's bald. Does it look like a bitch? What? Does it look like a bitch? No! Then why you fuck him like a bitch? Yes, you did. Yes, you did, Brett. And Mr. Wallace don't like to be fucked by nobody but Mrs. Wallace. You read the Bible, Brett? Yes. Well, this is a passage I got memorized. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the iniquities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed he who in the name of charity and God's good will shepherds the weak to the valley of darkness. For he truly is his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. 
and you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Dead at last, dead at last. Thank God Almighty, you motherfuckers are dead at last. Uh, I think that's a show. That is a show. Oh, you want some dates? Yeah. 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 Hey. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. Hey. Dirty. Baby, I got your money. Got your money. Dirty. Uh, speaking of which. That uh, is somebody's song, right? I forgot yeah. who it was. We, we were, we're going to be in Kansas City next week. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. You know what Andy did? We were standing outside uh, waiting to get our Uber to go get something to eat. And Andy let out this guttural. <laughs> it made me laugh this morning when I was thinking about it. This guttural. Ah, oh, fuck. I was like, yo, what's wrong? He just went, Kansas City. And I just started fucking dying because that's the same kind of guttural oh fuck I have about Pleasanton. All right. Well, I'm not trying to shit on Kansas City. Of course you're not. And I'm never trying to shit on Pleasanton. But sometimes the club gets a little weird. And uh, like we just spent this whole podcast talking about people understanding comedy, the culture, the culture of comedy and the culture of comedy is being dismantled. They're trying to dismantle it. And, uh, and and you have to have a comedy culture in your city anyway for, for great comedy. And Kansas City sometimes, some shows, they, they rock, man. They're, they're great shows. But other shows, I'm like, damn, what happened? So <laughs> we're going to be there, Kansas City. It's a, te- it's a test. It's not a test for you. It's a test for us. It's a test for us to see if we can get you into comedy the way that we want you into comedy but we'll be there september 29th and 30th it's just two days in and out they don't let me stay longer than that in kansas city but we'll be in there uh and then uh the following week we're going to be in hartford uh funny bone that's october 6th and 7th october 13th to the 15th we're going to be at the orlando improv uh it's October 13th through 15th, Orlando, Florida. October 19th through the 26th will be at Chicago Improv that they put in Schaumburg. But it's Chicago, uh, the 19th through the 22nd of October. Uh, October 26th to the 29th, we're going to be at Milwaukee Improv. Haven't been back there since our first time. Can't wait to see mm. that comedy I'm, culture. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that, see if it really exists. And we got a good, a good one one time. It's going to be fun to go back there and see what it is. November 3rd through the 5th, we're going to be at Levity Live in West Nyack, New York. Uh haven't been there for the last year. Uh, I can't. I, I need to get some things at Home Depot. And it's right next door at this mall. So I'm going to grab some shit there and then take it back with me because I'm probably driving Tara's car up there. Uh, where are we then? November 10th to the 12th, we're going to be at the Improv in Tampa, Florida, which is Ebor City. But we're going to be out there. I'm looking forward to getting back there. Uh, haven't been. All these are over a year now, so it's exciting to get back. November 16th to the 19th, we're going to be at the Ontario Improv. Uh, good club. Uh, like, just that club, man, in California that still do, does shows, does it in that small room. Uh, they get comedy, and everything's funny in that room. I love being back. I can't wait to get back there. November 24th to the 26th, Improv in San Jose, California. We're back in the Bay, baby. Uh, December 1st to the 3rd, we're going to be at the Tacoma Comedy Club in Washington. Uh, That's December 1st to the 3rd. Uh, December 7th through the 10th, we're at Magoobies, uh, Baltimore area. December 15th to the 17th, Summit City in Fort Wayne, Indiana. 
December 21st to the 23rd, Bricktown Comedy Club in OKC. And December 28th to the 30th, back, the return of Improv in D.C. Yeah! Yeah! What? Okay! (laughs) That's where we're going to be, guys. If you're out there, get some tickets now. Uh, Let us know that you're coming out to support. We appreciate it. Uh, you'd like something on this podcast, please send in an email to Ari Spears 45 at Hotmail. And some of you actually were able to do something nice for me, and I appreciate it. You guys just they started actually getting on my uh, Instagram page and following me. I'm going to I'm starting my uh, TikTok. If you guys could go follow me, Andy Comedy on Instagram, it's it would be important. It can help me get booked at other places. I'd appreciate it if you just follow me. You don't have to listen. You don't have to look at my pictures. Nothing. Just fucking click the follow button, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we asked for so little, uh, That's but I need that, man. So, uh, guys, again, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Aries, got anything? I got nothing. We out. Nothing goes down unless I'm involved. No blackjack, no dope deals, no nothing. A nickel bag is sold in the park. I want in. <laughs> you guys got fat while everybody stopped on the street. It's my turn. Hmm. You think you're going to live long enough to spend that money, you fucking hump? If any of you are tired of getting ripped off by guys like that, you come with me. I'm at the Plaza Hotel. You're welcome. You're welcome. Enjoy. <laughs>